You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Hey friends, Dan Duvall here to tell you about something I am super excited about. The Bride Tribe Advanced 2023, which we are going to be calling Revolution. Take your place in the kingdom. This is going to happen at the Royal Sinesta in Houston, in the Galleria area from November 9th through the 12th. At booking.bridemovement.com, you will be able to register for this event. And it links right from bridemovement.com. I know I don't always give announcements on this podcast for what's going on in the bride ministries world, but this is just too important, friends. It is going to be extraordinary. Every year that we do this advance, it is a move of God. It is a move of God. Last year, we had three hours of nonstop testimony after the event with a line that was still going and we just had to shut it down so we could tear it down. It was because God moves at these advances. And we don't want those of you that are part of our podcast family to miss out because you just didn't get the news booking.bridemovement.com. You can sign up. You will be able to get your hotel room. You'll also be able to get some information about the event itself, meet our speakers. It's going to be me, Todd Edwards, and also two of my favorite people from the other side of the world, Todd and Rachel Weatherly. And we are going to be uh, having an, an extraordinary time of family and fellowship, worship, and cutting edge revelation. So, I want to invite you all, booking.bridemovement.com. Now, in addition to that, Keep in mind, dandevall.com is the home of the Discovering Truth podcast. You can do a couple of things on that website. Number one, you can access our podcasts. Number two, you can purchase really cool merchandise like mugs and shirts. And uh, we have the whole Names of God series. A lot of people that watch the church, they say, hey, where'd you get that really cool shirt with all the names of God? Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Gabor. Like, where is that sold? conference, and we it comes in robes for the ladies and handbags and all that cool stuff and you you can know that um, you are supporting this podcast when you buy and look highly fashionable in your new gear we also have the uh ability to become a podcast patron for as little as five dollars a month that comes with benefits you get early access to these podcasts and uh, a few other goodies and so the last piece of news, as many of you know, Overcomer Accelerated is our offering to those that want to accelerate their healing journey. You can join in three ways. One, you can join just for the live components, which includes a live ministry demonstration with yours truly on a weekly basis, as well as book study. Uh, option number two includes over 100 hours of coursework online in, in addition to the live component. And, and the third way to join is with a coach. So you'll get the live ministry and and and, and the book study. You'll get uh, over a hundred hours of learning online. And you will also get eight hours of personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching with a trained coach every month that you stay enrolled. And so 
overcomeraccelerated.com. Check out the offer. And with that said, we're going to jump right into the podcast on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Those were your announcements. Well, friends, we are back on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, and I am here with a new friend, and uh, her name is Kate. She's actually working with one of our coaches at coach.bridemovement.com. She was introduced to me, and I can already tell this is going to be a enjoyable conversation. Now, uh, Kate is a survivor of certain technologies she'll be informing us about as well as some SRA. And, you know, with that said, I, I think this is the first time you've actually publicly shared anything anywhere, Kate. Am I, am I wrong? No, you're right. Well, you are very brave. Welcome to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we're, we're going to just dive in, Kate. I'm going to let you introduce us a little bit to your awakening. And, and really, I guess we'll just dive in like how, because your awakening is directly connected to the Bride Ministries platform, this podcast. And so I'm going to let you kind of just start the story right there, you know, being introduced to the podcast and what that caused and <laughs> the things that the Lord had done. And, and, and then we'll get to some of the uh, more radical parts of your story on the back of that. Sounds good. Yeah. So just a little uh, heads up for anyone listening. Um, I'm going to have some trigger warnings and stuff. So if you have little kids, just keep them, keep them elsewhere. And uh, I will have some frank language, probably um, not to be disgusting, but to call out the works of darkness where they need to be called out. So just wanted to put that out there. And um, yeah. All right. So how did I find Bride Ministries? Well, um, a couple years ago, somewhere around, uh, end of 2020 or 2021, um, I had what I thought was, was a friend, um, and practitioner that I was going to, um, an osteopath. And, uh, the reason I was going to her is to try to, um, sort out in a more, um, I guess, trauma-friendly way, uh, what was going on with my body. I was having piles of pain. Um, I always had like crazy period pain. I had horrific, like horrific back pain for a long, long time. Um, and I just, and, and other stuff going on and I couldn't figure it out. Um, the normal doctors weren't helping. Um, they were kept trying to put me on drugs and I didn't want to do drugs. <laughs> so I was like, no, that's not good. <laughs> so anyway, I was going to her and getting these treatments and, uh, supposed to be releasing, um, trauma from my body. That's what she said. Um, and so kind of developed this relationship because she kept finding very interesting things every time that we had a session. So as this friendship slash relationship kind of progressed, we got to the point where we were kind of talking very frankly about, um, trauma related issues and, you know, women's health, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and she sent me this podcast, which um, Dan had done with Amanda Bynes and Priscilla. And uh, she's like, oh, you really need to listen to this. So I was like, read the title. I was like, Merfolk, what? Like, this is okay. 
this is way outside my scope. I've never been a fantasy person. Um, I was raised to believe mermaids and all that were fiction and I don't care about them. And that's never been on my radar, something to really look into as a serious real thing. Um, but for whatever reason, I was just like, well, I'll listen to this. So I listened to the first, um, the first episode and I was hooked. I was like, whoa, this chick is not lying. Um, I've always had a very deep ability to tell someone is lying to me. Um, they, it may take me a while to figure out if they're lying. Cause there's some very pathological liars out there who I've had in my life. Um, but I'll just kind of gather the evidence over time and I'll eventually be able to sort out whether they've been telling the truth or not. And with them, with Priscilla, like <laughs> she's not lying. So I'm like, I need to listen to part two. I forget how many parts were in that, that, um, whole interview, but basically every time she said something about like shape-shifting into a mermaid, um, how she was like taken under underground or underwater and um, sent on missions, um, how she was interacting with the Nephilim, all these things, my whole body would just react from like wow. head to toe or I would twitch. Mm. Like I would just have muscle, like just out of the blue. And it would always be linked to some key word that she would say. And I was like, this is just too weird. Like, why am I reacting like this? Right. So, um, I kind of, have to, I kind of have to say this in, in two parts, because a lot of my story, I can now look back on and realize what was happening at the time. So what I'm about to say is based on information I now have, but didn't have it at this point. So essentially what happened with this podcast that this practitioner sent to me is um, she sent it to me in order to actually activate programming and trauma that I had personally experienced and that I had like controlling me at the time. So um, shape-shifting, that's absolutely in my story. Um, interactions with the Nephilim, reptilians, um, being sent on missions, going under um, underwater, um, competing, killing. Uh, all of these things are absolutely part of me. But she wanted me to listen to this to trigger me into a mind state where I could then be controlled and brought back um, onto the dark side. <laughs> so I didn't realize this at the time. Um, and I didn't realize that she didn't actually ever plan for me to go further and listen to anything else that Dan had done. Um, but I did. And, and this is where the Holy Spirit stepped in and, and he used Priscilla's story to just plant that seed of questioning into wow. my heart. So I started listening to more of Dan's podcasts. And the more I listened, the more I was just shocked. I'm like, all these people I'm listening to, I'm reacting to all these things they're talking about. Um, like Jan and uh, Jerusha and um, there are several others. There's a, a lady who um, she was in the, in the, um, the cowboy and ranch world, I think in, out in Montana. Um, all these people were just like, their stories were real to me and they would describe things and I would see it. I knew exactly what they were talking about. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> so this is how I got into um into to listening and starting to consider more deeply okay like what's really going on here why is this resonating because this shouldn't be 
the stuff for all intents and purposes is made up. Mm. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's your explanation, right? It's yeah. so similar to so many others that I've personally interacted with. It, it, and it's exactly that, right? It's like, you're listening, you're listening. You're like, yeah, this is a, you know, whatever, boo. And then all of a sudden that keyword comes out and it doesn't even have to be the main point. It's just that nugget yeah. and yeah. boom, it, it like, yeah. it, something blows up inside. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, what? And, and it's then, Oh, the journey begins. And so, um, <laughs> thank you for sharing. I, a lot of people are going to identify Kate. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting uh, 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 that, uh, like, I find right that she had such short sightedness as to give you this podcast to try to trigger you for something dark. It's like, yeah, okay. You know, the Holy Spirit is a real person. He will not waste this opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, wow. Okay. Please continue. Yeah. So um, fast forward a little bit to end of 2022. Um, so, and this is, I'm going to have to insert some backstory kind of as I go. So apologies if some things are out of line seemingly um they're not but it's just very intricate and strange so um so, so let me just ask this question before you get started yeah go ahead did you start getting bleed through memories and knowledge before you started coaching or after you started before, coaching? before. okay before. and then that probably yeah. drove you to the coach yeah okay Please yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just for some perspective. So, um, I, I grew up, um, in your typical, like middle-class kind of, um, Alberta family, you know, um, two kids, you know, mom, dad, you know, dad's a, a mechanic, mom's a nurse, you know, we go to the local church and, you know, everything seemingly looks good on the outside and, you know, raised a little weird. Like I was homeschooled till, grade 10, which isn't a super popular thing, or it wasn't at the time. Um, but it was okay, you know. Um, and uh, so from the outside, like everything was kind of like, normal. And however, it was like the inside inside of the family was very abusive, very manipulative, gaslighting, um, very strange dynamics going on. Um, my uh, so called brother, um, he would always get um, physically abused by my so-called dad. And, um, so for many of these reasons, um, I left the house at 18. I moved out, went to university, got a job, tried to like start getting financially independent. Um, cause things were just like not very good at home and, um, the, the manipulation and the, and the control that was going on over me was just, I'd had enough. Um, right before I moved out, my so-called dad had given me an actual death threat. Um, Cause one day he sat down, had a whole rant at me, like full emotional blowout, no control whatsoever. Um, swearing, blaming me for all of the family problems, his problems and all these things. And, uh, and, and then I didn't, I, I was just blank slate, like just in, in survival mode. I knew that if I gave him a response, uh, it wasn't going to end well. So I just, you know, 
didn't give him anything and uh, that drove him crazy and so that's when he gave me a death threat he said if you next time you do that it's not going to end well for you and I said all right I'm getting out of here so (laughs) I left I didn't want to come back Um, and uh, you know so then fast forward get through university get a job um, get a boyfriend get engaged get married Um, all this time I so-called parents have been trying to um, control me with money. Um, They put me in debt purposely with a car uh, that I didn't need and tried to use that as a bargaining chip. They um, tried to make me responsible for all my brother's issues with alcohol, this and that. Um, Lots of guilt tripping, all kinds of stuff. Like you name it, they tried it. And so by the time I went to get married, um, (laughs) I was very much... I'd had enough. I was done with the constant baggage. And so I was like, I don't really want these people like in my marriage. Like I've already had a crappy life. You know, I don't, I don't need this to continue into my, my own personal family. So, um, the, the day we got married was the last day I ever saw my so-called, um, parents. Um, there was a, I'll, there's a huge, huge, blow up that went down at our wedding it was worst day ever um lots of demonic stuff involved looking back now i see but basically from that day forward we had no contact with them for the next five or six years roughly um outside of uh we sent them two emails three years apart the first one was um we will have no contact with you unless you're willing to sit um in a third party mediator's office so that we have a witness um, and discuss stuff. And you also need to go get help. So whatever that is, like psychiatry, psychological counseling, all this stuff. I'm saying this right now, um, not because I agree with it, because but because this is what I did at the time. I know better now what that stuff is. And I would never recommend that to anyone. Um, but this is what we did just to, to start setting boundaries and realizing like, this is not a safe situation. So um, that did not go over well. They continued to um, email and text for this entire time until we sent a different email about three years later, where we said, all right, no more emails. You're not. They're just sending us articles of um, very intentionally picked uh, religious um, like articles from this. I'll have to pull up the name, but it's a very well-known um, Oh, Gospel Coalition. Uh Um, which is well known in, in the, the reformed evangelical world. Um, so these articles are being sent to me stuff that would, that was like, obviously meant to imply like, Oh, the family you married into is spiritually abusing you. And, um, you know, your husband is abusing you and you're being a disobedient child because you're not honoring your parents and doing what they tell you to do. And like all these very carefully (laughs) worded things, never a word from them, just these articles. Um, and, uh, and so we said, okay, enough. Like that's not real communication. Um, yeah, go get help or, you know, this relationship is off the table. Um, so that, that brought us up to about 20, 2020, um, when that they were doing this. And then, uh, 2021, they started to try to text my husband because I had blocked them. Oh no, I hadn't blocked them yet. Um, Oh yeah. I had blocked texting. They could still call me. That's what it was. Um, so they were trying to text my husband periodically to like ask really strange 
questions. Like they would just completely ignore that he was my husband. They would just be like, where's our daughter? Like that kind of stuff. And so then end of 2022, back to where I, where I was is, um, so there was, we had cut out like my entire family from our lives, except for a very small handful of people who we felt weren't going to antagonize us and tell us to go back to my parents and do what they wanted and capitulate. And so we'd had like literally zero contact. And I got judged very heavily for doing that. You know, people would ask me like, oh, so like, you know, when you hang out with your family and do all this stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't, because there's been a history of abuse and and manipulation and control and all this stuff going on. And they'd be like, aren't you a Christian? Yeah. And so it was never taken well at all. Um, But that was okay. I was like, I don't really care. People didn't live my life. They don't know what this is. So I just carried on. Would you say that? Things were, I mean, because obviously you had all these people in in your world looking at you like, maybe you're being a little extreme, right? That's probably what they're thinking. Like, okay, I get it, you know, but maybe you're being a little extreme. Now, at the surface, based on what the knowledge that you were working with, do you think that you were A, just responding to your parents out of the knowledge you were working with only, or B, somewhere deep down inside, you're like, there's more to this picture. And so, yes, I am being extreme and I'm okay with that. Was I there think like, it was uh, both. it's just both. It's just like, it's both. probably yeah. even more than I know. And I'm okay. Just. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the reason for that is like, originally it was just, this is what's been going on. This is what I saw happen to my brother. This is what happened to me. Yes. It, this isn't good. And I, I studied very heavily into the cycles of abuse and, um, and trauma and how that affects generations. Um, I've like researched the heck out of it. So I was super aware of what was going on in not only like my nuclear f- family, but also back like through all the stories and, and the extended family, like pick a pattern. It was there. So I was just from that alone to start me off. I knew I needed help. I need to take it seriously. And if I wanted any shot at myself and my family being normal and getting help, I had to take it to to a level that most people would not think was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a decision I made really early on for myself. I was mad. I was like, this is not okay. Like you call yourselves Christians and this is how you act. This doesn't align. Mm-hmm. Um, if you say you believe in the word of God, why do you not walk according to his laws? So that was going on very much. I had a very real fight with God and a very real fight with what was told to me to be God's way. And those things were not adding up. So absolutely to answer your question in the beginning, I was just working with what I had. But as things were continuing to go on over the years, I kind of picked up on this, this, um, this lie that had mm-hmm. been at the time I didn't call it a lie. Now it's, now I understand it's a full blown lie, but I kind of started piecing together um, things that I had been told around my birth and my um, infancy. that didn't add up. And this is where I think I had some of that bleed through where it was like, 
subconsciously, like my body and my memory and my soul knew the truth, but it couldn't come forward. So it was just like in the background operating, like don't stop, keep going. Right. And uh, (laughs) because there was things like, um, so I was always told that I was born um, in September, Mm -hmm. but that my parents got married in January of the same year. So, and, but I was also always told that I was a full-term baby. Well, just do the math. That's not nine months. Right. It's short. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And then there was the, well, okay, so maybe they were too embarrassed to tell the truth, but maybe they fudged around in December and then had a freak wedding. Like, oh my God, we have to cover this up. I can account for that. All right. That makes sense. I can see why I'd lie about that. Sure. But then there was baby pictures. So this is another thing that I was always told. Oh yeah. When you were um, almost one, like you, you're, you, oh, before you were almost one, like you had, you were born with like super thick black hair. Um, and then it all fell out and then it came back blonde. And if you look at my baby pictures, there's the young baby. So like newborn to about five months, maybe black hair, thick black hair. And then there's all of a sudden this kid with blonde hair, blue eyes. They don't look anything alike. And I had, because I've been told these stories since I was little, I'd never thought about it. But then I started looking. It's like, huh, that doesn't add up, does it? So there's more to that, which I'll go into later, but that these were the things that I was trying to reconcile in my mind. Like they're hiding something. I don't know what, but something that has been held over my head my whole life. And the facts aren't, they aren't working. So anyway, um, back to 2022, um, these very, there, there were, yeah, there was a a certain person, uh, one of my relatives um, who we had allowed into our lives. I didn't realize at the time who she was and how she was acting, what she was actually doing. Um, But uh, she basically, um, oh, she, (laughs) she got really like, I remember the last time I talked to her, she came over over to the house at Christmas and uh, right, right around then. And she was asking me some really interesting questions about like what I believed um, about the virgin, virgin birth, that kind of stuff. And so I just remember uh, the Holy Spirit just coming on me and filling me. And I just I just testified to her. I just told her straight up like who Jesus is, how he was born. Uh, why the virgin birth matters. Um, I told her part of my testimony in coming to Jesus Christ, which had just happened like not very long ago. Um, and, and I just remember her sitting there like stone silent, like couldn't respond, couldn't handle it. Just like wanted to get out of there. Mm. <laughs> Never saw her again. And then um, we find out a little while later that basically what had gone on is she went and uh, and told on us 
and, you know, our lives and our personal information and stuff like that to um, my mom, who we weren't talking to at the, at the time, and a few other interesting people in the family. And um, we started getting, well, I started getting um, these phone calls. I, I never answered the phone because I knew that it was my mom trying to call me. Um, but she would leave these horrific voicemails. Like, so I would, I'd see this number come up and be like, oh, that's not her number, but it's probably her. Sure enough, there's the voicemail. They were using numbers that were not theirs to try to get through. And the voicemail would start out with one sentence that was barely, like how we're talking now is very controlled. It's us, you know, we're, we're composed it would start out like that and then it would crack and it was a literal demon screaming and swearing and cursing at the top of its lungs on the other end Mm -hmm. to the effect that I couldn't even listen to the whole thing because I was just like this is obviously not a human being talking right now (laughs) so this is happening I eventually was just like all Mm. right these people are nuts so I I uh, changed my number so they couldn't get a hold of me anymore. And the only reason I hadn't changed my number up to this point is because I think there was a part of me that really believed that, um, like, I really believe in, I believe in the mercy of God to save even the worst of us, because I am definitely one of the worst of us. (laughs) My story will prove that. Um, And so I, I never wanted to be so arrogant as to say, Salvation is beyond these people who have done what they've done in in my life and to others. However, after this point, um, it became clear that this was no longer, they were not trying to reconcile. They were trying to cause harm and to control. So that's when I I said, all right, no more contact. We're done. So then they went after my husband. This is all happening in, in, last last end of last year so husband does the same thing changes his number and they had like my mom was asking for my new number my email like everything asking my husband this (laughs) it's like yeah right like i'm gonna give it to her anyway so then we got um horrifically sick Mm -hmm. like for an entire month and this was one of the big things that really pushed me mm-hmm. forward to mm-hmm. start getting help. So I remember being, I was so sick that one night I was just laying there and I was like, I think I'm on death's doorstep and something came in the room and I've been very spiritually aware my whole life. I'm like, I've seen things I've interacted with stuff that most people would not think was real. Mm-hmm. And so and by this point last year, I was very aware of the spiritual realm. I understand demons and, and the whole the whole thing. And I was starting to put together what had been going on prior to this. And so when this thing came in the room, um, this big dark hooded figure, um, I was like, oh, it's here to get me. And I just remember praying to Jesus. And I said, Jesus, you got to take the wheel. You got to take my life. Like whatever's been going on here, this is getting to be way too insane. 
I can't live in peace. I've tried to avoid all these crazy people. They're just like after me, like what is going on? You know, how can I live my life? And, and I'm never going to get out. Like this never ends. I try to leave the cycle and it's just like back in my face. Right. And so I just said his name over and over and over again. And he came and he took that thing and he got rid of it. And then I didn't see it again. And um, he slowly got better. And um, this is a, a piece where I just want to link over to something that Jerusha was talking about. Um, I, I matched up the timeline in her story um, with what happened um, to me last December. And, uh, and what had ended up happening is that's the same time that Jesus went in and he, um, he broke up all the pods that uh, Satan had taken. Yeah. Yeah. Where he had taken all the, all the, the special babies that he wanted for his little, um, elite group. Oh my. Yeah. So in December roughly is when it appears that that's, that's when he came in and blew everything up and, Mm. and took us out, which is why I was so sick. (laughs) Because all this stuff coming out. You were one of those babies. Yes. And Jerusha and I were in those pods together, actually. So look at that crazy story. (laughs) But yeah. Um, So I put that together this year after that. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's insane. No wonder that thing was coming for me. It didn't want me out. (laughs) So. um, And I just want to point out because you're bringing it up. You know, sometimes people come to Jesus and they're like, I'm sick, you know, and and pray for me. And I prayed for a lot of sick people. And I have seen the Lord just heal people on the spot, just gone, just lift. Wow. Big breakthrough, huge, you know, move on. Mm -hmm. There's other people where thing breaks, but one week later, it's back. And it's like, yeah. And then. You know, there are other people, it's like, you pray, you pray, you pray. And it's like, something deeper is going on here. And then you get into, is it a part? Is it a dissociation? And then it gets into the other realms. And that's hard for people to understand. It's like, wait a minute, I'm physically sick because of something occurring in other realms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. Yeah. But anyway, you said it. So (laughs) let's just go ahead and cruise on from here. Yeah. So that was the like that was massive in and of itself and um we can I'll, i can go into that later because there's a lot of interesting things that correlate with that mm-hmm. um but yeah i just want to say like what jerusha shared there is absolutely true and uh and real so we haven't actually met in the, in the physical but we knew each other at the time so that's cool um and so then just fast forward to this year january uh, my family is going to a wedding um of of my cousin and only we were invited no one else like of any of the rest of the family because by this time we were getting reports that um between my mom and uh, a couple of her sisters so the one aunt who had gone in and tattled on us and shared a bunch of our information um so helene mcnee i'm naming them out because these people are uh under the wrath of god now and they're awaiting judgment um and uh and elaine miller um they were they were roiling up the family they were um spreading rumors they were telling trying to get 
different people on different sides and like all this stuff. And, uh, and so the one aunt that we had left <laughs> was like not interested in any of this stuff. She's just like, no, I just really want you to come. Like I haven't told them I like, I won't share where it is or anything. Like, just please come. So we're like, okay, like I don't want to cause any drama. So we go to this, this wedding and, um, I just remember getting this really sick feeling in my gut and we're at the back of this church and I look over to the doors and there's Elaine Miller. So this other aunt just walks in. She's got her phone up pretending she's not videoing anything, but she's absolutely videoing and she's looking for me. And I knew it. As soon as I saw her, I knew it. It was like, at a spiritual level, no way. You like if you've ever been hunted by something or someone, you know what I'm talking about. It's that feeling. Super creepy. And she looks over, she sees me, I see her, and I'm just like praying Jesus. I'm just like, Jesus, look, I'm saying like Psalm 23, like all this, like any Bible verse that can come into my head, like I'm praying it because I'm just like, I knew in that moment she was there to do something really evil and wicked. And, uh, and so my husband and I kind of just like hide our, hide our child. And cause she was trying to get footage of him and of, of us and them and, and my husband and just like trying to be like super creepy. And we're like, no, this is not happening. So she stays through the whole service. Um, and then we try to leave. Like, we don't want to cause a commotion. We just want to get out of there, get away from her. Um, we're like, this is what pedophiles do. Uh, this is not okay. We haven't spoken to this woman in like six years. We purposely don't want anything to do with her. And uh, and I personally was having like massive revulsion towards her. Just And I'm like, this is really strange. Because this aunt was a, she would always come to visit. She was always the rich aunt. She always had, you know, all the money and all the stuff and the big fancy house. And she would bring all the presents and, you know, just a very, you know, that wealthy aunt that everyone talks about, that was her. And, uh, but, and that was my whole childhood. But this, in this moment, I was just like, I hated her guts and I'd never experienced this before. So we try to get out of the building and she comes up. She's like trying to film us the whole time. She follows us running out behind us as we're like booking it to the car to get out. And she's like, <laughs> it wasn't her talking. This <laughs> demon <laughs> oh my. speaks out of her mouth at a higher pitch than her voice is, is like, oh, where are you going? Why are you running away? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so she comes. But it wasn't her, her voice. No, it was what was inside of her speaking. Oh. Super creepy. She comes up to our vehicle and like, at this point, I didn't know what was going to happen, but basically, I think whatever was inside me that knew the truth took over. All I remember doing is taking a step forward 
like, uh, like I was going to take her out and I just called her. I said, you get out of here, Elaine, you pedophile. She backed down. Eyes flashed like, whoa, you've never, who, no one has ever called me that to my face. Like total truth moment. And she scurries off, tries to say like, oh, you don't want to do this now, do you? Blah, blah, blah. We get out of there and I'm just like sweating bullets. I'm just like, what is happening? Like, I just got chased by this freak who's trying to come after my family, trying to cause like all this trouble. She like did all this stuff. Never mind. She interrupted a wedding she wasn't invited to. And like, what is going on? And so... I just panicked. I've never panicked like this before in my life, but I knew something was just up. So like we did everything that you can do legally, like with the police, this and that. But I knew that wasn't going to help because what are they going to do? They're just like, Mm -hmm. it's domestic, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So, and I just remember being so desperate that I was like, I just cried out to God. And I was like, what do I do? Like, there's nothing I can do. No one believes me. Nobody cares. Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? God? And he just like pops this little thought in my head. And he's like, go get a coach from Bride Ministries. Come on. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, don't know what that's going to do, but all right. <laughs> so, and I was just like feeling like such a fake, like going, like I went, I looked, I was like reading through the coaches and trying to find someone who had the same time zone as me. And I'm just like, all right, God, like, I don't really know who to look for. Like put me with the right person. So I land on Valerie's um, profile. She's in the right time zone. She happens to be in New York. I'm like, whoa, what? we are totally different people. All right, cool. Sure have my first session with her. I tell her this exact story that I just told you about this crazy aunt and all this stuff. And she's like, we need to lock these guys down and under the human persecutor prayer. So we pray it. And uh, I can tell you, as a matter of fact, it's what is it? Almost seven months later. Uh, we haven't heard a single word from all the people that we named. Whoa. Um, all my nightmares from these people who are coming in and using astral projection and all this stuff, nothing. They can't, they can't get to me. It's shut down. So once that got shut down, then the memories started coming forward. Whoa. And then I started realizing what's been going on in my life this whole time. Oh, human persecutors. Okay. All right. Let's go there because we have a few questions. First of all, somehow we're going to figure out what happened to you when you were a baby and you left that cliffhanger. So let's just go ahead and move on back to that one. You have a baby with black hair. Yeah. Like just like the next day, blonde hair, blue eyes. And that's not, I agree. You know, interestingly enough, I'm going to tell you something about myself. I was born 
with dark brown eyes, but they're still dark brown. Yeah. And <laughs> now babies' hairs do sometimes change, like mm-hmm. somewhat. Yeah. But I mean, okay, I want to know the story. What's the truth? What did you discover? Yeah, so now I'm going to speak to everything that has come out. Um, and I'm just going to, this is all, this story that I'm telling, this is my, te- this is part of my testimony that Jesus has given me. This is in the book of Revelation where he says they will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. This is my testimony. And so this and the fact that I'm covered in the blood of Jesus, this is what is taking down Satan and all of the things that he has done in my life and my generations all the way back to before Adam and everything that he has tried to set up past me. Uh And, and so all of this cannot be undone by the lies and evil and sin and my choices. None of it. Jesus Christ has come to save the lost and I am lost and he is saving me. So when he reveals stuff, it is the truth, nothing but the truth. And this truth stands. So this is what he has come and revealed and, and given me my memories and I'm still recovering memories. I'm still recovering uh, a lot of the, the, the picture. Um, My life is very complicated more than I even realized uh, so <laughs> we're still getting stuff, but uh, enough has come through that I've put together um, a lot of this. So here's what happened with the baby. So um, well, let me just say this. Yes. Was it a traditional conception? For me? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm essentially what you would call like a, a crisper baby, Petri dish. Um, so my life actually starts 13 years before my supposed birth date. And um, there was uh, purposeful breeding done. So I, I actually come from three different lines. So the Hanover, the Windsor, um, and I'm forgetting one. Oh, Romanov uh, bloodlines. So um, my mother was you my my and and when I say mother, my true mother, my natural biological mother, the one that I'm actually descended from. Um, she was um, a Latvian Jew, and she was used for breeding purposes by the Illuminati and the Satanists. And I use those terms broadly because there's a lot of different factions and groups that were involved in in my story. So just to kind of get them all in there, I'll refer to them as that. Um, so she was used to create children because her bloodline and her giftings and abilities were very, very uh, highly prized by them. And then my true dad... Um, he was actually, he's actually still alive. Um, he's a soldier somewhere in Canada. I've never met him. I don't know exactly more than that. Um, but, and when I say soldier, I don't mean like what you think of as a military person. I mean, like dark side soldier. Mm-hmm. So he's out there somewhere. Um, 
I'm actually the youngest of 13 children out of both of them. Um, and I'm the only one who survived. So they were experimenting on us to see what, what we could take, who was the best. Um, yeah. So I'm the only one that made it. And, uh, and just so, because this is, because this is deep, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. now what you're telling me is that you were a CRISPR. Now, now CRISPR is a technology for basically DNA editing, right? Yes. So this is yes. technology for those of you that do not know, it's been around for years now. They use yeah. it on mostly plants or they, so, so they say, no, not so they, they're using it on humans, but they, they, they could basically, you know, chop up DNA, write it, code it, they do what they want. And so you were designer uh, in, yes. in a sense. And, yeah. and so you, you have a, uh, implantation date and yes. a birth and your story of conception, meaning being put together is 13 mm -hmm. years before that. And this comes out. Yeah. And when you say you're the youngest of 13, I assume that you mean the youngest of 13 CRISPR type yeah. project and, and coming from this yeah. Latvian mother. Latvian yeah. And, and this dad. Yeah. And the dad. Yeah. And the survival time frame is that survival time frame post implantation or pre implantation survival post post yeah okay um please continue so some of the some of my siblings did die in utero um just because of the level of intense ritualization and trauma that they do um when you're literally just a few cells or just a few more. Um, they're just, they're brutal. They don't care about life. It's, it's, it, I was like the, the lab essentially that I was in, it was actually in a military base uh, funded and run by Nazis in um, it right on the, on the German Polish um, Swiss border. So deep in the heart of your highest military programming and training and experimentation that you can kind of find. Um, it's one of the many, but that's the level that we're talking about in terms of what kind of experimentation and programming and ritualization and lab work they were doing on us. So, yeah, so... Um, to even to even what I've learned since is that to even get to that level of um, uh, experimentation to, to even be have your bloodlines in that um, you have to have essentially super soldier capacity. You 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 just the things that you're subjected to just no no normal natural human could possibly survive it. And even the ones with the super soldier ability don't. That's how bad it is. So, um, yeah, so some of my siblings passed in utero. Some of them lasted longer into childhood, um, but then would not make it when they were being forced to do tests um, or having traumas done to them. Um, and then uh, actually to this is fast forwarding a little bit, but um so what happened to the rest of my siblings is that 
um, when I was supposed to turn 13, so this is still my pre-natural birth, um, I was brought um, into Babylon, the plains of Shinar. Um, this is both physical and spiritual, what I'm talking about. So, like, it ties in together. Um, but I was brought into a ceremony where I was about to be um, essentially prepared to be handed into Lucifer's uh, active use, active army. Um, and this was like the peak. So they had called all of the, like I'd, I'd passed all the training, I'd done all the stuff. And uh, they'd called in all of the, all the top gods. So think like, you know, Baal, Baphomet, um, um, Apollo, uh, what's his name? Anubis. Um, all these guys are there. And it's like a big ceremony that I got called into. And there's this square altar placed in front of me. And as I came up to it, um, I realized that, that it was hollow inside and there were, um, I'm, it was either seven or 13. I'm pretty sure it was 13. Um, babies, live babies stacked inside the altar. And I was handed a sword and Lucifer came forward and um, our culture depicts Lucifer as being like the horned devil. Uh, he can look very ugly, absolutely. But when he comes forward in a ritual that is honoring him and it's he thinks he's going to get his way and he's going to you know, take that next step, he's very beautiful. He's in white. He looks good. And he has this um essence that comes off him that makes you feel like you're doing the right thing or in the right place like nothing's up it's all good just go along with it and so this is what he was coming in and he's standing in front of me and he's like got this smile he's like you know waiting for me to do what the next step is so I'm handed the sword and I was told to use it to kill all the babies and after all of the training and all of the stuff that I'd been put through up to this point, which included murder, something inside me couldn't do it. I just, I was like, this is not right. I can't do it. Um, because the, the top babies were the last of my siblings that they had kept. And Anubis grabbed my right hand and forced me to finish the ritual. And when that happened, when he grabs me, he, it, he literally like burnt my hand with his hand and the like sorcery and magic and curse that went, I had hieroglyphics come all around me. I was cursed. My hand was cursed. Um, and so ritual finishes, Lucifer should have killed me in this moment because I had just stood him up. And this was something that I was like, why didn't he, God? And 
what I was shown is that whatever they had done, whatever kind of programming they had done, I had something that they couldn't replicate anywhere else and they needed me to stay alive. So what they did is they dragged me out in chains. They took me to Montauk and they electrocuted me. They tortured me. They beat the heck out of me, um, which is why I was having back pains um, in my physical life, my adult life now. Um, All the torture was coming through as pain um, that I couldn't explain where it was coming from. Um, They wiped my mind. And then once they were satisfied with having punished me sufficiently, they sent me Earthside to be born now. Wow. And I'll just make a note. So my hand um, was actually raw. Like I had no skin here all the way down to my wrist, like where he grabbed and forced me for the last three years. The further I got along the trail to becoming aware of what was happening, the worse my hand got and painful. Nothing would fix it. I tried everything in the book. I even tried praying healing prayers over it. Nothing, <laughs> nothing would touch it. Um, and and uh, it wasn't until this year that Jesus restored my hand. He healed me. I'm fully healed. So what you're essentially saying is that your physical hand was manifesting due to pre-birth trauma. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just saying it in plain English. Yes. (laughs) And, (laughs) and Jesus healed it. No doctor, no nothing. Jesus healed it. Jesus. And he is the right hand. I think it's so funny that it's my right hand, right? He's yes. just he just stuck it to him. He was like, "Yeah, a nice try, Anubis." So, um, I just wanted to throw that out there for anyone who may be um, discovering this stuff and being like, "Well, now I have all these physical infirmities. Like, I'm screwed, right?" Because I definitely went through bouts of depression where I was like, "I'm I I this is too much. Like, I can't keep going. Like, my body just keeps breaking down on me more and more. Like, this is." insufferable why would i keep going no keep going jesus is literally bringing you out and he's gonna fully take out the poison he's gonna draw that out of you and restore you everyone's path is gonna look different but he is not gonna leave you out there to suffer that's what satan does that's what the evil demonic creatures do they think it's funny to torture you that's why they did it because they knew that if i started getting to help and getting to to jesus that this would start to happen and it was intended to push me away from the truth it was intended to make me doubt god it was intended to cast doubt on the gospel but jesus has turned it around and used it for my salvation and my redemption and now he's using it to speak out to you and say come Come to me. Well, hey, y'all heard that. And for those of you that are listening to to Kate talk, she's reading your mail, or maybe just giving you a nugget that just drops and pull and you know blows up in your face. Like, here's the deal: <laughs> Jesus loves you. 
That's the whole reason why I do this podcast. Point people to the source of their healing and their deliverance. You know, that 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 that's the the recipe God gave me a long time ago, Katie. It's just like, look, if you just let the survivors talk, they'll just trigger each other. Now, this happens yeah. in multiple contexts. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> in multiple contexts, right? So, so I don't know if you knew this. We planted a church. <laughs> yeah. Let the survivors talk. They'll trigger each other. But but in 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 all fairness, though, it it's it's affirmation in this context. That's the whole thing. It's like, you know, well, I mean, there there are crazy things that happen, and sometimes people really do lose their marbles. And then there are legitimate things that do not have a readily available commonly understood explanation mm-hmm. and god is raising our frequency he's, he's he's changing our whole framework in the body of christ and and you know for those of you that are, are working your way into the body of christ let me mm-hmm. say something else jesus wants you mm-hmm. yeah yeah doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done mm-hmm. so i want to kate uh uh come back to this okay so let's see so so Anubis grabs your wrist, that creates okay. something. Jesus heals it, but right, we're back. This is you. You aren't even. I'm, like, not, I'm not Earthside yet. No. So how did you get Earthside? Well, explain to me what the Lord showed you about that process. Yeah. So I actually don't have my full memory yet as to how they brought me Earthside. Um, there's. I still have a, have a gap on the, um, the space between Montauk and like four or five months old. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in there, they brought me in. Um, obviously my mom, um, somehow was involved because I, I do have, he did give me, um, the memory of being in that military lab. Um, and, uh, and I saw my mom, she was giving, giving birth to me she was allowed to to feed me and then they i think took me after that point um so it's almost like they did it twice to her like first she was used to conceive me and then they implanted her again when they decided i was supposed to come out that kind of sick disgusting ritual that um several of the people have described um that's kind of what i've seen and makes sense to me that they would do that just to mess with our our family and cause trauma and all this stuff um i will make a note my my biological real mom she is um passed away now um and i never met her so this is all kind of post-mortem information but yeah so then what they're doing with me in between there um and bringing me um planting me in my foster family i'm not sure um but I'm sure I'll, I'll get it eventually. Um, but what they did do, so this is where uh, <laughs> everything else starts to make sense. <laughs> so, um, and I just I just want to also just make a, a quick point back to how I mentioned that Valerie was in New York. Um, for those of you who don't know, Montauk is in New York. Um, and I just picked her out of the blue. I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about Montauk being a thing in my life. I knew what it was, but you know, it was like, that doesn't apply to me. And, and this is how, this is 
Dan said, you know, Jesus loves you. <laughs> yeah, he does, because he stuck me with a coach who was absolutely familiar with Montauk. And through the coaching process, she's like asking me all this stuff and all these like crazy things are coming out of me. And, and my spirit's just like, yes, 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 to all her questions. And she's like, okay, I got to ask you, like, were you trained in Montauk? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> she's like, are you super soldier? I'm like, yes. And I'm like, whoa, like this does this is insane, right? But all this to say, like, like in this healing journey, as traumatic and crazy as it is, is is as I'm, I'm putting all this together and it's and it's insane. Um and I, I need to also just say this too. Um the work that Bride Ministries is doing and, and other ones like Bride Ministries. This is the healing process for coming out of DID, government programming, all of this stuff. Psychology is not the answer. That is just another arm of Satan to either reprogram you or um, or make you think you're crazy, put you on pills, and then cause more harm. Um, I've been in that field. I've, I've done the whole counseling thing, and I have stories to tell about what Satan's actually doing with all of that. Um, and so, and, and that stuff is very traumatizing, even if it is done in a very gentle way. Um, and there's a pile of mind control going on in that whole, uh, sphere. And I don't say that to condemn anyone who might have, um, studied in that area and, and works in that area. But, and to those of you who have, I just encourage you to really assess how your work aligns with Jesus Christ and what he might be calling you to do. And for those of you looking for help, don't waste your time and money there because it's, it's a dead end. Um, the, the path to Jesus and the path to healing is very gentle. Like when I was trying to get help from like people who supposedly understood trauma and deep stuff, like generational issues, like what I'm talking about now, um, I would always have nightmares. I would always have anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, like, didn't matter what I did. I never had peace. The door never shut on things that I was trying to work through. When you're working with Jesus and you're getting delivered, he always has your back. There is never a time where I'm doing a heavy work through any of this memory and this pain and this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm talking about horrific things that have happened to me and my family, right? I should be like a mess, but I'm not because Jesus is there and he doesn't put anything into you that isn't, you're not ready for. Wow. So I just want to encourage anyone who's listening to this going, ah, like that's a lot to process. It's okay. Like he's got it. He knows what you need and he'll be there with you. So, um, and, and he, and he, and your path out is already written for you. So don't be afraid. Um, so anyway, back to back I, to. I, I, I just have to say this now, now, friends. She she was not compensated for that. No, <laughs> not not a penny. No, didn't have. No. <laughs> no, that's the Holy Spirit speaking out to whoever needs to hear it. I just felt really hot, like I needed to say that today. So, thank you. Anyway, yeah. Oh, it's. Jesus, he's he's getting it done. <laughs> so, 
So, um, what did they do? Okay, so now we're gonna we're gonna talk American politics, and this is really funny because I'm um, in, and uh, I'll just phrase this with I don't care about politics whatsoever. It's another um, arm of the globalist beast system and Freemasonry grid. Um, I exited that world a long time ago, even though I was brought up in it. And, you know, in where I live, you know, you always vote conservative because they're going to be the Christian government. Um, it's, you know, voting and and going to church are like the same thing. Uh, how dare you not do one or the other? So, and I, I don't, I, I am party to, to no political strength. Jesus is the king. He's coming back. He will have dominion from sea to sea. End of story. So not trying to offend anyone. And uh, so essentially what happened is it's come to my understanding that, well, so the Holy Spirit showed me that I've, I was essentially sold out to the highest levels of Freemasonry to be used. Um, for their purposes. Um, I've already mentioned I've come out of uh, three very distinct bloodlines. Um, I was the only one of 13 children who survived all the experimentation um, and I was a super soldier. So um, all of those numbers are very significant. Three, 13. Um, uh, if you look into what those bloodlines are, they're very significant. Um, I won't go into all of that today, but Basically, the idea is that they got their very special um, <laughs> experiment to work. And then the um, correct people at the top got to then determine what happened to me. So how it seems to have, have gone down is because I didn't go along with the initiation ceremony to become Lucifer's right hand, whatever, um, that threw a wrinkle in their plans. They weren't expecting me to do that. So they kind of had to backpedal and go, oh, uh, okay, well, we can't get rid of her. So what are we going to do? So traumatize her, um, wipe her mind, and then we need to find a foster family so that we can uh, incubate her, keep her programmed, and keep her alive and put her in a place where we can use her for future purposes, assuming we can get her back on track. So, um, so George W. Bush, not senior, junior, uh, was the guy who got to decide where I got placed. Um, any of you are wondering, he's a Freemason and, uh, he's also a reptilian. And I have been personally present when he shifts form and does his ritual on children and eats them. And this was done to me before I was placed in my foster home. Um, and when I say foster home, I'm referring to my family that I mentioned earlier, the ones that were, that I left, that I was not in contact with, uh, you know, mm -hmm. not, not with them. Um, so this was done to traumatize me and scare me and, program me um, and desensitize me. Um, and and uh, it also seems to be that
that around that same time, this is when I met people like Jeffrey Epstein, Julian Maxwell. Um, I have a whole list, many of the ranking politicians, Clintons, um, the royals, the entire family, they're all reptilians. Um, I've been at all their ceremonies where they kill children. Um, yeah, many of the prominent um, so-called pastors in the evangelical church. Um, uh, yeah, they're all of them are involved. And so I I was submitted to them either for programming or um, some kind of terror ritual just to really get into my head that I belong to them. I can't do anything about it. And they own me and I will do what they say. So this is all this very subconscious stuff uh, that that I came into as a like as a baby Earthside, like having this in my memory. Um, and they would they just did it in front of me, like on purpose. Um, so anyone who's studied um, how children develop in early years from infancy will understand how absolutely impressionable um, and amazing um, a baby is. And so when I'm discussing how they did all this horrific stuff in front of me, you can correlate that with why, because they're fusing all of that into my development and psyche and how I interact with the world and how I think about people, how I form relationships. Um, so there's so, a lot of, go ahead. So that just for the, my own, I guess. Yeah. Timeline here. Yeah. You were trained and that training culminated for 13 years in a yeah. ritual but all of that is you as a CRISPR baby in a lab, just mm -hmm. basically a little blob of cells physically. But then all of this other stuff is happening. I mean, we could call it your soul, your consciousness. You're you're going through this. I mean, yeah. And they actually put me in a body in well different bodies. So um, they were yeah. transferring you to different bodies for different aspects of this training. Yeah. Wow. Um, like they time traveled me. Um, back to the time of Christ, um, back to um, before, before Christ, like I've seen, I've actually seen um, like Babylon, all those ancient cultures. Um, I've, like, I've seen Tartaria. Uh, they took me back to do missions. Um, lots of it was murder. I was sent to train to learn esoteric knowledge. Um to be tested and also to like run errands and bring back information and stuff. There's a lot of, I have a lot of stuff around Egypt and Babylon um, because it's very high magic. There's piles of, um, of, of witchcraft and like um, stuff going back to the watchers and Nephilim and technologies that they want now. Um, so they, they would send, the the super soldiers are the ones who would go time travel to get this stuff and bring it back in um but it, and the time traveling is also just used to pressure pressure cook you and see if you can take it because it's very difficult 
Like it's it's crazy. Um, yeah. So they would put put us put us in bodies to like be able to do that. Um, I was always like an assassin. Um, and I had a lot of murder missions. Um, Jesus was giving me like the numbers that I've taken out, and they are in the thousands. It's it's insane. Um, yeah, and so this is all happening like as <laughs> like a little like. Yeah. I mean, you didn't thing. even get a chance to yeah. be born. <laughs> no, or, or to develop. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Look. Yeah, and it's nuts. <laughs> but that's uh, I mean, you know, people have asked. Okay, well, what happens if you take a viable, you know, egg, human egg, fertilize it, and freeze it? Like, mm -hmm. what happens to the soul of that person? For the years that that thing sits in a freezer waiting and 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 yet still staying viable yeah well there's life yeah <laughs> absolutely uh and if you know what you're doing with the right technology the right lab and the right off-planet information uh you can really so here we go your story is kind of like pulling the veil back on a lot of things it's, this this is heavy and i want to ask you now right it's <laughs> particularly about tataria but we'll I'm going to, I'm going to curve that for a second. Yeah. I'm very curious about that one, but I get that you go all of, through all of that, but then they want to form a certain like, neural pathway, a collection of neural pathways in you. So, so, so then you get traffic to rituals with evil people, yeah. politicians, George Bush, the Royals, the Clintons, you know, they, I mean, these are common names. We, we <laughs> I think, Many people are very well aware, like, okay, yeah, these are the bad guys. And, and you know, the deep state yeah. that surrounds them. Epstein, come on. Like, and mm -hmm. so, all right. Was that trafficking happening to you after you were born Earthside? Yeah, that part and was. Was that trafficking happening to you before or after you were given to your foster family, as you call them? Before. So- yeah. This black haired girl that is in the pictures. I'm, I'm just now I'm, I'm taking a there. leap. Right, I'm going <laughs> to take a leap. Yeah. I'm going to say something. Is there, are, are we getting to the idea that it was not even you? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I can go into that. Um, we're, I, we're kind of at a funny spot in the story where we can like, we can right. come back no. to a lot of the stuff that happened to me, like pre-Earth side, because um, it goes into a lot of technology and like, historical stuff. Um, but to follow into like my Earth side stuff is, I can go there and and, and tease out the the timeline. So, um, so the juncture, yeah. you were swapped out. Yeah, I can tell you what happened. Yeah, you 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 have all of this like historical knowledge from your training and time travel missions. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're being trafficked to rituals with world leaders. And, and, and there's a lot yeah. to say about that. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like a perfect time for cliffhanger. Nice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Do you, I, I, because we've been talking now for a, a good long time. I, I think I'm going to have to have you back because this, I, I, I can't unpack this with 15 <laughs> more minutes of an interview. I'm going to have to give you the time you deserve. Sounds good.
Hey, you're doing an amazing job. Friends, uh, uh, we've been talking um, to a, a very brave individual and, 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 and she will be back and, and, and I won't make you wait very long. So, 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 so Kate, until next time, and all of you listening, God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Visit me at dandevall.com where you'll discover merch, books, and the opportunity to engage in our private social network. Join the tribe by subscribing to our email list and supporting this podcast.